Hey, what's up? It's Wednesday, May 18th, and you're listening to episode 57 of the Chasing Points podcast. We are your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. Hey, it's Sam. And it is Brandon. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, Brandon, how are you? Hi, I'm, I'm great, Sam. How are you? Living the dream, my friend. Living the dream. Okay. Well, let's see what dream you're living today. A lot, a uh, lot to talk about today, tonight on the pod, tomorrow morning when you listen. Uh, we're going to look back at the last round of the NBA playoffs, the Phoenix collapse, uh, and what's ahead for the conference finals. Plus, do you care? A new segment as well, and uh, more. But uh, let's skip the pleasantries and just get into it, man. Uh, what's up? I'm all for it. Let's go. Now let's go. All right. Well, uh, the semifinals are over. The Mavs beat the brakes off the Suns. I guess we could start there. Mavericks win the series four to three after uh, the ass whooping that uh, happened in Phoenix, one twenty three to ninety. And uh, the Mavs again will uh, advance to the final uh, conference finals to face the Warriors. We'll get into that game in a little bit, but. Um, you know, floor is yours, Hayes. Uh, an epic collapse by Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns on their home court. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, you know, we've had some time to uh, decompress this beatdown. So there was two game sevens on the same day, and they were both blowouts. It was the Celtics Bucks. And as Sam said, the Mavs, Suns. The Suns were, could have been from wire to wire uh, up until they lost the best team in the NBA. That is no longer because Luka and the Mavs have blown the Suns out in game seven. The Suns shouldn't even have come to the arena that night. You get embarrassed on your own floor. By the way, the score was 123-90. It was, at one point, the Mavs were winning by 50 points at one point. Um, so this doesn't even do it justice, but it still shows the ass whooping that the Suns got. To be the best team all year and get to this point where you have a chance to go back to the finals after you just went there the year before and lost to the Bucks, they lose like this. And I'm going to tell you what was the turning point in this whole series is them consistently talking trash to Luka Doncic. Stop talking trash to Luka. He's young and superior. <laughs> Luka, I, I told, uh, Friend of the show, also been on the podcast, uh, Damian, uh, Dame as we know him as. Uh, I told him that Luka will be the face of the NBA. He seems to think it's going to be LaMelo. He's going to be one of the faces, but I told him there's no way that Luka is not going to be the face of the NBA. And he is definitely stepping right into that role. Uh, what he did, what Spencer did, what he did, I'm telling you right now, the Nets probably are sitting there like, damn, shouldn't have let him go. Should have, should have kept him. He could have been a great guy to have coming off the bench. But Spencer didn't want to come off the bench. He wanted to start, and he deserved that. Uh, 
but man, I, I don't, I don't know what the Suns do from here. They have a lot uh, to question themselves about throughout this whole offseason. Uh, the, the game plan that Jason Kidd put together to shut down CP3, they took his legs completely out from him. And everybody's been talking since Chris Paul turned 37 in the series. After that, everything went downhill from there. He looked like a shell of himself. But Chris Paul is also not the biggest guard, period. And you're putting Luca, him on Luca, or switching to have him with Luca. It's never going to turn out well for Chris Paul ever. Chris Paul is not young. Chris Paul that uh, was was more dynamic uh, on the defensive end. Uh, not so much now. Um, and we're going to get into somebody that has a very huge critique of of CP3. Uh, but the fact that they disappeared, Chris Paul and, and D-Book in that game, a game seven, they didn't even get up for it. Um, it's a problem to me. Um, and, and it's I hope this is not a reflection of Monty Williams, the, the head coach, uh, who was also the coach of the year. Um, but I don't know what they do now. Uh, DeAndre Ayton still wants that that max contract, that that contract to reflect him being the number one overall pick which he came out in the same year as Luca. Um, what a I mistake. just don't know what to do, huh? <laughs> what a mistake that was. Yeah, that was a that was a huge mistake. I don't know what they were thinking, but I mean, it's not that DeAndre Ayton isn't good to to clarify that he's great. He's just not Luca. <laughs> That's he's just not Luca. Um, so I don't know, Sam. I don't know what what they do at this point in time. I truly think they're championship window uh has now closed uh you have to think about the warriors who we're going to talk about shortly uh they look like themselves and they're getting better they're going to get as we mentioned before in the show wiseman back uh they're they're getting healthier clay is starting to get his legs under him uh they are starting to look like the warriors of the old you have the grizz who we'll also talk about shortly, uh, they are molding into a very scary young team. You have the Nuggets that is getting Murray back. You have uh, the Clippers that are getting Kawhi back and Paul George for a full season. Uh, the Timberwolves have arrived as well. So the Suns window, if they still have one, is this. I think you can put them in the conversation, but yeah, there's there's a dozen teams that could you could easily say next year are in good contention for this for the championship. You're absolutely right. And as far as Lamelo, I love Lamelo. I have a lot of stock in Lamelo, as you know, but he's got some big shoes to fill if he's going to surpass anything that Tatum or or Luca have done in yep. these playoffs. Especially Luca. Uh, I mean, they both had great series um they uh but luca just arrived um on sunday that big playoff moment and just had more points than the in, than the suns had the same amount of points as the suns had in the first half of the game like well, to, to even be fair to that point um I can't even say that Luca's arrived. Luca arrived the day he stepped that's, on the NBA. Oh, no, that's fair. Yeah, you're you know, right. Like, I'm not going to fight you there. You know, it's like he's he was busting as overseas. There's a reason why he was so highly sought after, 
playing overseas against grown men as a young kid. He's still young. He hasn't even hit 25. Yeah, he's, he's still 20, young. 20, uh, 23. He's 23. And I yes. was like, what? Yeah, but yeah, so he came over and he's that. 19. He's been a pro forever. He's been playing with grown ass men <laughs> over there. And uh, I, you know, we could go revisionist history all we want. The eight and mm-hmm. pick, I would have, I totally understood the eight and pick then. You know, a big guy that can move like he can, and yeah, and yeah, the sh- the perimeter, the stuff he can do on the perimeter and whatnot. But the you know, to not the Kings, the the Hawks who traded him, it's a bad look, man. But yeah, w- we could say all we want. Uh, but you're right, you're right. Luca's Luca's been that guy for a while, but this was you know the playoffs is coming out show, um, and this is usually what players three, four, five years into the game, the next wave they always have these come out games that, you know, really put them level them up to the next, you know, the next tier. And he's, he's definitely there. You know, we talked about is, is Tatum top seven, top 10 in this league. I think he absolutely is. And I think, I think Luca's right, right above him there. Uh, no doubt there. He just, he just completely owned um, the Suns, And I, I couldn't been wrong. Couldn't have been more wrong on these series. I thought the Bucks. I didn't think we'll get to the Bucks. I didn't think Middleton being gone was as big of a deal as it ended up being. And I thought Huge. the Suns would be able to, to pull away. But, you know, all of a sudden, you're right. Chris Paul turns 37 and, like, the wheels came off. And, I, you know, is he hurt? I don't know. But he didn't show up. And, and you know. Well, he is un- hurt. He, he yeah. they did come out and say that he had uh, uh, a calf strain. Sure. So okay. I also, I'm sorry I interrupt you. I just wanted to, to throw that in there. But no, of course. But. It also annoys me to hear when these key players that everybody's talking about in media, uh, then they always have a problem or they always have an injury that they don't talk about. Right. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't. I love Chris Paul to death. He's one of my favorite players ever in uh, one of the top point guards to ever grace a court, period. But I just hate overall when I hear about these guys when they lose the series that they had an injury. Right. Right. Because if they win the series, you don't hear it. Right. But only when they lose and they're getting slaughtered in the media, do you hear that they have whatever injury that they have? It patterns the fall for a guy who has been a part of four teams that have lost uh, game sevens in a row. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, that in a game that is measured by championships and that's just how we critique the nba right it's rings and it's big moments and chris paul in big moments doesn't have the the resume that some of these other first ballot hall of famers will have but so it definitely softens the blow if he he was hurt but that said another guy that should be on that wave of of who we were very high in the bubble talking about and even even last year in the playoffs was uh, and had an MVP like season too was Devin Booker. Where the hell was he, man? I you I, know it's it's truly disappointing to see him do that, especially the person that he looks up to, which is Kobe. Yeah. Kobe don't have games like that, right? And I, I've been hearing people kind of slandering D book and 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 talking about it, it's not as much slander as it is for Chris Paul because people dislike Chris Paul for the little antics that he does, his flopping, so on and so forth, and and whatnot, right? But 
he he is respected at the same time. They dislike certain things that he does, but he is respected, right? Uh, people in the league really respect D Book, but this is for me. This is this is a step back for him, right? Because he was on the mountaintop last year, even with them losing, and then to see what he did throughout this season. Yes, he had some injuries um, and was out and whatnot, but when he came back, he was balling, right? Um, but they woke up a beast is really what happens, Sam, is leave the beast alone. <laughs> don't don't poke the bear because you continue to poke the bear, you get the claws. And that's exactly what they did. You, I don't know if you saw or you watched it. I watched it live when it happened. Uh, there was a clip of it when when Devin Booger hit the floor and he laid down and he rolled over and he winked at the person that was right there in the baseline. He was just like, you know, he was just practicing being Luca. Okay, swipe the ball away from Luca after like a call. And Luca was okay, okay. Stop getting these guys going. They don't need an extra motivation. You give them that extra motivation, they're going to use it and they are going to assassinate you with. And that's exactly what Luca did. Um, but also his supporting cast stepped up. He's gonna need that supporting cast to step up in this next series, and that is for damn sure. Yeah, you mentioned it, Dinwiddie with 30. Jalen Brunson had 24. Luca had 35 and only mm-hmm. 30 minutes. I mean, it was it was a beatdown. Um yeah, I mean Luca does complain a lot. Of course, he's, we, he comes from Europe where yeah. flopping is was born. That's where he comes from. But he definitely uh he puts up when he uh when he can here. And uh yeah, it's just I don't I don't know. Praise to Jason Kidd and got that team to show up. You know, being the visiting team, being the underdog, himself having a lot to prove, and um, you know, like, can he coach in this league? And man, has uh, he's like transformed this team? I I wrote this team off days ago. I think after like game three or four or something like that, I was like, yeah, whatever. And I was, I mean, again, I was wrong. I just and I don't know if 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 you're the Suns, you blow this thing up. I don't know. Like, do you you not give eight in the money? You trade them. You get something for them. Do you try to tra- trade CP? Do you try to trade Booker? Do you just re? Oh no, they don't trade below this. Well, probably not. He's probably of the three the least to get, mm-hmm. um, the least to go anywhere. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, but you know, I, I think if you're the Suns, probably everything is in consideration now. Well, I I don't think they I don't think they move those three names. I don't think they move CP. I don't think they move Booker. And I don't think they move Aiton. The issue here is once Chris Paul is older, yeah. So they're gonna need Chris Paul's production, period, right? But being that he's older, you need somebody that's gonna come off the bench and give him time to rest. They don't have that, period. When you don't have when you have a guard that is smaller than Chris Paul skinnier than Chris Paul to go out there and guard. It's not going to happen in the West, especially not in the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. So they need to actually get another guard. That's probably a bigger body, right? That can actually come out there and do something like a George Hill. Yeah. That's a great, great name. Yeah. So it's a, it's a guy that's not going to wow you, but he's going to put, he's going to give you, I'd say he's going to give you 10, 10, five, three. So 10 points, five assists, three rebounds, pretty much every game. And someone who could just run the second team. 
exactly. And, they you know, they facilitate need the ball. Yeah. They need that. They don't have that right now. They also need Cam Johnson or Miles Bridges to take that next step. And I think it's probably going to be Miles that's going to do it first. Um, Mikel. Um, yeah, Mikel. Yes, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of homeboy in, in the Hornets. I'm saying his name. Yeah. Um, but We've yeah, gone Mikhail, over this. Not yes, related. Yes, we have. Yes, not at all. <laughs> but Mikel is going to – he has the talent to do it. He has the Absolutely. length to do it. It's just – Will he right? Cam Cam Johnson has uh the the three-point range. He has a perimeter unlock, but he is not consistent at all. He kind of reminds me of Danny Green, which is unfortunate to say. Um, but what school did Danny Green go to? Pretty sure he went to UNC, didn't he? Um well, stat stat boy will check that. Stat boy. <laughs> Where's reality when we need him? Oh God. Uh, but yeah, Cam, I, I watched Cam and and what you call it and and UNC and he shot the lights out, but then he's come to the league and hasn't really done what I thought he would do, right? And Danny Green is he was a tar heel. Yes, I was right. Yeah, there you go. North um, so I mean they both second round 46th pick. There you go. So that's that was the I knew it for I was like my tar heel side is telling me this is it. Um but they they kind of are similar. They came into the league. Danny Green came into the league as a, a defensive guy. He's been in and out of the D League. And if Cam doesn't hurry up and pick up his game, he's going to be in and out of the D League soon too. So we'll see. They just need a supporting cast. But enough of this game. Uh, we can go to another blowout. <laughs> Fun. Uh, from one to another. Uh, this blowout was the Celtics absolutely demolishing the Bucs. Uh, as Sam alluded to before, Middleton was missed. Yeah. Didn't he think it would be a game. The size, his athleticism on the wing there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of uh, drew, drew Holiday. I love drew holiday. I've been, I've been a fan of his for a long time. And I thought the way he was playing and Giannis, I mean, this is, we're going to talk about the bucks for the, and the, this game for the next five, 10 minutes. There is no slander on G- on Giannis here. I almost called him Giannis. Jesus, who am I? <laughs> there is no slander on Giannis on this. Yeah. He is absolutely a force. Nothing, nothing bad to say. I just thought the way the rest of the team was playing and the way he was playing and facilitating the ball and and just driving lane and coming up with key shots. I just thought this Bucks team would would play better, but you're right. Middleton was, I was wrong, man. Middleton was missed. Also real quick. I said, Danny green's name, uh, speedy recovery to him. He was diagnosed yeah. with the torn ACL Torres ACL um, and his LCL. I yes. Think. Yeah. So that's, that's not good. A guy that's been a journeyman, uh, kind of found his, his spot. He's getting older. I think this might push him into retirement, but we'll, we'll see a uh, crazy thing. He's 34 years old. Like it's, it's crazy how our bodies break down at this point in time. Uh, I know we're getting uh, old, man. Friend, friend of mine just shattered his fibula playing basketball. Like, yeah, this is 34 is, is the age to really think, <laughs> sit yourself down and be like, do I really want to continue to go this hard in sports? You know, maybe it's time to slow it down if we haven't made that jump at all. But uh, Danny Green's making a million dollars. But anyway, um, I so this this series I think this series is more about the Celtics than anything, right? Um, I know, 
I still I'm I still say that last year, if Kevin Durant's foot was a little bit smaller, that we wouldn't even have been speaking about the Bucks on a level that we're speaking about them now, right? We would still be talking about Giannis. There's there's no doubt in my mind. We'd still be talking about Giannis, but we wouldn't be speaking about them on a level that we do Defending now. Defending champs. champs, yeah, right? They're right. champs now. So, um, but this year it was different. They ran into a buzzsaw of really good teams in the East and the Celtics have essentially come out of nowhere. Um, and, but since the second half of, of the all-star uh, or the season, the Celtics have been phenomenal. Uh, they are extremely hard to stop. Uh, defensively, they plain and simple lay it out that we're going to lock down your best player, beat us somewhere else. And so far, they are 2-0 and o with this strategy. And who they are going to use against next, good luck to them too. But you, add, you had earlier in a question, has Luca arrived? I'll tell you who has arrived, Jason Tatum. No doubt about that. Uh, and I don't... And Grant Williams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw what Jason Tatum said in the... Uh, post game or the post presser he said uh that he took the most shots he said told him not to get used to that yeah don't get used yeah, to it yeah which i which i enjoyed very very much it was fun but, it was cool this i mean he shot he shot seven of 18 from three but let's uh, let's stay there 27 for a points yeah let's stay there for a second he's for the year statistically has shot 42 percent from three at one point in time in the season he was shooting 55 percent from corner threes why is your game plan to leave that man open? There's no reason that the Bucks should have left somebody open that shoots 42% at three and was showing you in that night that he can knock it down. That, that needed to change, right? But here's the dilemma in that situation. Once you sag off of Jason Tatum, he can pretty much destroy anybody on that team. Outside of Giannis, and I'm not—he's going to score on Giannis. He's not going to destroy him. He can score on him. Yeah. But then you also have Jalen Brown, who can score. You have the unsung hero, the actual heart of that team, Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year. But he also runs point and makes phenomenal passes and guards the best player, wing player on the opposite team. So. I don't know what clicked in this team, but it's really, really interesting to see what's going on. I hate, hate rooting for anything Boston. I hate it, Sam. Like I, it makes me cringe. But I love Jason Tatum. Like I love. I I, agree. I totally agree with you. Love I mean, Jason Tatum. I also hate Duke players, but I love Jason I Tatum. I, uh... and, and it, it makes it easier that he has such a lovable son in Deuce. That is just an adorable kid that gets along with everybody, has his own personality, and it's just on full display, right? Yeah. So, uh, it, it's I, I, you, you asked the question about the Suns, like, do they blow the team up? 
I'm asking you in this situation, what do the Bucks do? Because they had the likes of Grayson Scumbag Allen out there <laughs> that did absolutely nothing. Speaking they let PJ Tucker walk after they won a championship as if he wasn't the person that was harassing KD did the that dirty work. Yeah. series. He and- might score two points, but he's going to lock down the opposing score and do the dirty work. He yeah, he is. But it, here, here we are. So you have all these pieces. Middleton is hurt every year. Yeah. And I mean every year. He's always hurt. He was hurt last year during their run, too. He, he came back in time, but he was hurt last year. So he's always hurt. So what, what happens with that, right? What do they do with Drew Holiday, right? What do they do with Brooke Lopez? So my question to you is, I mean, with Giannis – their their window is is not closed anytime soon. Well, no, I, I think if you have. I mean, you're gonna totally agree. You just said it. If you have Giannis in your prime, you are going to contend every year. You could put him on. You could put him on any team, mm-hmm. and you have a shot just based on on just him. But yeah, this this team's good. I I don't know what the next move is. I mean, I'm just looking at the roster here. I don't know, and I don't know salaries wasn't really like prepared to kind of look at this like but you have to figure that to get another shooter another scorer is probably what they need to do here i mean you have like the conningtons who played 32 minutes and scored two points yeah you know like you're getting a lot of wesley matthews who like i honestly didn't even know was I didn't watch much of the Bucks this season or the last round, the previous round playoffs, but I didn't even know he was on the team until oh, I started. I was watching the series. <laughs> I'm going to be real. Like, so like, you know, I, I think they need another score, another shooter, but I don't know where that comes from. Do you move on from someone like a Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis? You know, I'm not sure, but yeah. Wouldn't you have Giannis on your team? You're, you're in contention. I think they I think they need to move some pieces. So Portis Portis did his job last season um yep. down the stretch for them and he was huge for them, right? This season not so much. Does could he have could he have had a down season? Yes. Um I mean prior to coming to the Bucks he was having his career was trending downwards anyway, right? And it just yeah, kind of Knicks Knicks gave him away and all yeah. of a sudden he's a starter on a championship team elevated so he elevated himself right and he's not the portis from you know the bulls um at all right uh grayson allen just sucks um he can just yeah he he improved this year if we're talking real and i'm not giving my hateful opinion towards him um he did improve but did not show up in the playoffs at all um wesley matthews is is a shell of himself he used to be a a three-point savant, right? He used to be knocked down, clutch, doing the Cagnus Everdeen arrow. He's the one that brought that into, you know, basketball, the first person I've ever seen do that. Um, but, yeah, they, they need to get younger and more athletic. Um, I, I, <laughs> I would even go to the point of even say, you remember when they let somebody by the name of Malcolm Brogdon walk? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they made up for it getting Holiday, but yeah, man. yeah, yeah but that was rough. That was but, a rough trade. But Holiday or, was already walk. aged, right? He's already yeah. getting higher in there. You have Malcolm Brogdon that you could see the potential 
already there. He but was they had when was there. something. I mean, Brogdon's hurt a lot too, and he was hurt with yeah. the Bucks, and they had they knew his medicals better than any other team did, and they let him walk. I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, I like Brogdon as player. Mm-hmm. I know you do. We've talked about this yeah. on and off the air. Um, but yeah, you, they definitely need to get more Young. athletic for they, sure. They do. I mean, you can't have. They need what they really need is wing shooters. And to be honest, they're going to have to look at that bench because I look at that bench all the time and nothing about that bench is appealing, right? You have Giannis's brother on there, his older brother on there who does nothing, gets scrap minutes. Hype right? man. Um, for sure. Um, and I'm sure he's still there because of Giannis. Um, you got Theo Pinson, uh, formerly of UNC, also was a part of the the electric bench that the nets had when uh d russell was there uh when they were all the antics of dancing on the sideline which is still one of the greatest things i've seen in basketball and 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 race memory right um but you have people like that that are sitting on your bench that are basically taking up a space right and there's something that they can do now now obviously there there's going to be a draft coming up they can get pieces there but there's also great players in a d league there's great players overseas uh there's still players from other teams uh that will be having expiring contracts they just need to get younger and athletic and i think the biggest thing for them that they need is defense and three-point shooting i think you could say that about any team but you're for sure right for sure And, and this and this league has proven that you can make anything happen. If teams can move contracts like John wall and Westbrook and Chris Paul throughout the years, you can certainly make anything happen with this bucks team. So yeah, it'll be totally interesting to see where they go from here. Would I be interesting? You know, I guess we'll, we'll touch on, I don't really think we need to touch on warriors grizzlies at all. Uh, Ja hope for a speedy recovery is one of the most dynamic athletic, and enjoyable players to watch in this league. That's my opinion. I know you, you co-sign with that, but just, uh, you know, the heat took, took care of the 76ers and they're going to face the Celtics. Yep. And uh, the whole Harden showing up was a mirage. I, you know, as we knew would happen, heat win the series four two. Uh game six was 99 to 90. Uh, but the, the big question, and it certainly we'll get to this, kind of uh, a little bit later, but we could just pose the question now. Um, or uh, Harden, what do you do if you're the Philadelphia 76ers? Well, it, I feel like team I feel like they're team. going to double down on their mistake. Yeah, I do too. Um, because Daryl Morey loves James Harden and their relationship is, is really, really tight knit. So I think they realize that, yes, did they win the trade for this season? Yes, because Ben Simmons didn't play, 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 didn't play. And outside, I mean, we saw the first two games of when he arrived, right? The first two games when he got to the the league, or to me, to the Sixers, he was balling, right? He was out there doing his thing, and people, oh, this is look, this is exactly what we were talking about. I'm on a lot of Philly sports uh, accounts because of the Eagles. So I see the stuff that they talk about and they're, Oh, we won this trade. We, we did this, we did that. And it's like, okay, cool. Right. You guys think that you won. 
you didn't win the trade when somebody of James Harden's caliber in game seven puts up two points, scores only two points in the second half. And you two. have to pay him $47 million. And you and this is the guy that deserves the supermax. Um, no. Uh, if I if if Daryl Morey wasn't there and it was another GM, there's no way that they would have gave him the Supermax. Would they pay him to stay? Yes. Supermax, no. You think now, he's gonna get it? I always want people to get their money. Oh, and, 100%. And, I, and I always 100%. want like a talented person such as James Harden, who is a Hall of Famer, right? So I don't I don't have any ill will towards him um, because he left my team or anything like that. I want to be very, very clear about this. James Harden is a phenomenal basketball player. What he has done in the past uh, prior to leaving Houston, uh, averaging a double-double is basically him and Russ going at each other like, every month on every month for like two to three years or who's going to have the most double double or triple double, excuse me. Um, I just don't think that he's the same. He keeps saying that, you know, I keep hearing people talking and um, he's going to work in silence and yada, yada, yada. You, before you left Houston, you didn't have that productivity. You came to the nets, you started off slow and then you had the hamstring injury. So you lost the productivity. You came into the Nets this year and your productivity was not where it was either. And then you demanded yourself out of there like you did in Houston as well, because that's your MO to go to the Sixers. You come to the Sixers, you ball out the first two games and then you disappear. Then you have this one game in game five that everybody is talking all crazy about you. Oh, James Harden is back. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. This is that. And as Sam and I both said on the podcast last week, that was a fluke. And he turned out to show that. Now, if you remember correctly, Sam, last year, the Sixers fans, and including Sixers players, demolished Ben Simmons for not taking that shot. Ben Simmons was scoring throughout that whole game. Yeah, he scored quarter, throughout he that just... second half. Yeah, fourth quarter, he just curled up into a shell, and you didn't hear from him. James Harden had two points in the second yeah. half. Yeah. I don't hear them talking that same slack about him. They, they're not. So, to me, if I'm if it's not Daryl Morey there, I'll give him a contract. i give him maybe a two- to three-year contract, but it's not anything close to what he would he would really – want and to be clear to those that don't understand the Sixers are the only team that can offer him a super max. Yep. Yep. no other team can they can give him a, a max contract but they can't give him a super max contract only the Sixers I think they'll definitely pick up that option I, I hate I to talk I, I hate to talk about players as assets mm-hmm. because you know we don't need to get into that but I correct but it's an asset league right mm-hmm. so even more he's looking at it and I know he's got this love affair with with James Harden. I don't blame him. I mean, he took a risk with that Thunder trade years ago and it ended up being one of the greatest trades in NBA history, right? Just mm-hmm. fleeced James Harden from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I can totally understand, you know, that that connection there and and he's your guy, but it's an asset league and 
you just gave up on Ben Simmons, a guy who I don't feel as strongly about. I know you definitely feel stronger about. Mm-hmm. I know he's a defensive player and a or defensive like game breaker. Sure um, but you could have gotten a lot for him if he went elsewhere too. So now you have this diminishing asset in James Harden who wants to be paid like he's still James Harden from 2017, 2018, even earlier, whatever. Um, and I, I think you just got to pick up that option and just kind of see what happens. This team, I think you move Tobias. We, you know, that's, you know, we've, we've talked about that before and you just try to surround and bead and harden with just more sh- here it comes again, more shooters and defense. Right. But I think, I think every team could obviously use more shooters. I think 76ers are definitely that you have to build around and bead here. And um, it'll be interesting to see how the two of them coexist next year. Um, because James has never played with a ball dominant big man before, you know? I mean, also in this situation is, James is not the dude anymore, right? He's used to being the guy on the team, right? But when he came into the NBA, he wasn't the guy on the team. It was Russ and KD, right? He was coming off the bench. Yeah, Third third overall pick coming off the bench. He earned his spot, right? He he became a a MVP of the league. He became a a Hall of Famer by his for his time in Houston, right? Leaves there to go to Brooklyn to – to be the non-guy again. And then now he's in in Philly to be the non-guy again, right? But I don't know if you heard what Joel Embiid pretty much said. He said, you know, he's not the same James Harden as before. Now, take that as you may. Some people would call that shade, right? Some people call that just being real. I call it being real because he's he's seeing what, what I'm seeing is that he's not the same person because if James if James wanted to do it, what James Harden used to do, if he wanted to destroy you, he would do it at any point in time. That step back, kill you with that. That that dribble, that dribble drive, that that floater. He he has all that in his repertoire. I have not seen that since before his last year in Houston. I I really have. You seen like little flashes of it, like it's got a little there, but I think that hamstring injury is still looming. And I don't know if he has uh, the same passion. I hate questioning people's passion because uh, I'm I'm the last person I want somebody to do that to because I'm going to prove you wrong every single time, right? It's just, okay, challenge that. But the product that you're putting on the court is, is giving me no other option to say where is the passion because you're not putting it into your conditioning. You're, you're a professional athlete that is an elite player considered to be one of the top at one point, one of the top 10 players in the league, even top five. And who are you now? Right. Also another thing that people need to talk about is doc rivers system. is not a simple system. People that are outside of basketball and don't play basketball and never played organized. Each system is different. It has a nuance to it that you have to learn a new system. He's literally been from Houston system with the new coach to the Nets with Steve Nash, learned that system, was only in what it system? for... Huh? What system in Brooklyn? 
Oh, well, yeah, true. <laughs> very, very true. Um, and then, and then now coming to now coming to Doc in Philly, right, where it actually is a system. Um, he's got to play basketball again. Yeah, he's got to be held accountable. True, true. Very, very true. So I, it's, it's just. I don't know, man. You see, I've seen James Harden now. Uh, we were on the air as he got traded to Brooklyn a couple of years ago. And like, I see a guy who in two years is continually out of shape, getting high on his own supply uh, in his career. And like, I just, he's, I think he still thinks he's that dude. And he could totally be that dude. We saw it in what game five? I don't mm-hmm. remember what game it was. Yeah, it was game we five. saw it. We saw it. We were texting each other like, Mm -hmm. what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. We didn't see this coming, but he's totally still capable of doing it. Of course. And even if he's a Robin, he's the best Robin in the league. If he, if he, if he can get in shape this off season, they, and he's got something to play for. And maybe he's going to spend all summer. People talking, talking trash about him as they're doing now. The former players, active players, we're going to get into that. But like, maybe that's maybe that's what he needs. Or maybe he's just going to be like, no, man, I'm going to get my money somewhere and I'm going to play the basketball I want to play and I'm going right. to put into it what I want to put into it. But um, yeah, it's that'll be an interesting thing to see on Doc real quick before we uh, get into the conference finals. Um, do you do you think Daryl Morey saying we're keeping doc is a surprise. And would you keep doc if you were Daryl to those that don't watch basketball, you'd probably say, get rid of him because they lost and whatnot and go get your guy. But to real basketball fans that watch this religiously know that doc rivers is one of the best coaches in the league and has been. Yes. This, can you say that some of his teams collapsed? Yeah. A lot of, Teams have collapsed. LeBron's teams have collapsed, right? LeBron's also had some terrible coaches, um, but also he's had some great coaches and they still collapse. Like Eric Spolster, who is one of the, he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach, period. We're going to talk about his team next. Um, Crazy how we talked about the Sixers throughout this whole thing and not the Heat, right? That's that's a point that we're making here. Um, you, You have, coaches are going to, Coaches can only put a game plan in, in there. They, they're not out there playing. There's nothing they can do about it, right? They can only put a game plan out there. And you hear Doc, you heard Doc pleading in game seven, like, come on, guys, you got to want this. Like, you got to get it. If a coach has to do that, there's a problem, right? So I don't know, for me, if I, again, if I was the GM of the Sixers and not Daryl Morey, I'm bringing Doc back again to have James Harden have a second year in that system to understand what it's like, know all the nuances of it, uh, where he's supposed to be, so on and so forth, right? They had a great season. Joel should have, could have won the MVP. uh, And they were a high seed. So why break that up? You break that up if you're, you don't do this, right? If you don't go far, right? They, They are doing great things. It's just now you have to kind of gel together more. So I wouldn't break that up. Yeah, I and, and I know the rumors are D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni coming. I think that's too because Mike D'Antoni's teams never play defense; they only play offense. That's that's really it. And you can see how that 
ran and molded off or, or rubbed off onto the Nets. He was the assistant coach. That's and Nash played under him. Yeah. Nash had some of his best years under him. There you go. So yeah. just knowing these things, I I stay, I say stick with Doc, but who knows? I heard some speculation that Daryl's just picking up the contract. So if the Lakers want him, they're going to have to give up something for him, which makes complete sense in the game of chess here. And Daryl's, uh, you know, he's the guy who brought really brought this analytical thinking into basketball and he's, you know, been ahead of the curve. And, you know, if it's just something like, Hey, I don't really want him, but I know the Lakers want him. And if I could get a pick or a player and take the contract off my books, why fire him? You know, so I see that, but I don't know who you're getting. That's better than doc rivers. I mean, I really like Kenny Atkinson. You really like Kenny Atkinson. Atkinson, We both, we're both in the Mark Jackson needs another shot bandwagon. Lakers listen up. As a as a Knicks fan, I'm done with D'Antoni, but I'm not a Sixers fan, so I could care less. But I just don't think any of those options ultimately are better than Doc Rivers. But it's got to be it's got to be a two way street. Is Doc, even though he's a Hall of Fame coach, probably I don't know. I haven't really sat down and really dissected it. But let's just say he is. If not, he's right there. Is he what's right for this team? And that could be, you know. Well, I guess waiting to see here. Um, he's definitely between Ben Simmons not wanting to play and filing a grievance and then trading him and then having to deal with all of that and then getting Harden and he's showing up like he's, uh, you know, send the world on fire for a couple games. And then he, as you mentioned, just disappeared into the abyss. You know, there's a, been a lot that he's had to deal with. And now he's got to deal with Embiid, who may or may not be happy. I mean, he's, we're just going to get into the heat now, but like, like Jimmy, like, you know, basically saying multiple times, Jimmy Butler is my dude. Like I wish we were still playing together mm-hmm. and that's not Daryl's problem. And that I think Elton brand was a GM there, but like, there's a lot of the Philly's a mess, man. Philly's a mess. I mean, again, we've said it on here. I will say it again. I will continue to say it. the biggest mistake that they made was letting Jimmy Butler go. And Jimmy made sure it was very clear at the end of game seven, as he's walking in the hallway to go into the locker room, he said, y'all pick Tobias Harris over me. Tobias Harris over me. Now, number one, if I'm Tobias Harris next season, when I see you, we gonna have issues. I'm going to try to give you every bucket that I possibly can get. But that's also Jimmy Butler, and he don't play. So good luck, Tobias. Um, but you're a New York guy, so I hope you, you know, you show out at least for a game to show him, like, yeah, I'm Tobias Harris. Um, but yeah, I, you don't let Jimmy Butler walk. Like you end up getting rid of Ben Simmons anyway, and Tobias is Tobias. Just keep Jimmy there. But yeah, it was really Horford. I mean, they paid Horford that that huge salary. And they were, and I know, like, yeah, they kept, yeah, it was really Tobias. I mean, we've, we joke, we've been joking about this for a long time. So I was shocked when Jimmy, basically those words came out of his mouth in post game, like we're walking into the tunnel, like, because that's just been an ongoing joke between you and I for years now. (laughs) And I just, I, I, excuse me, I can't believe like that happened, but. Uh, I mean, here we are. <laughs> this is it's it's 
it's dumb. It's dumb decision. You don't break up when you have a young player in Joel that is calling to keep this guy that he's built this relationship with. And Jimmy Butler is no slouch. He is one of the best players in the league and definitely one of the top three or four two-way players in the league. First of all, I don't think people really understand how hard it is to be a two-way player. That means you literally don't have a break. Whereas some of these superstars that you watch, I'll give you an example. KD, LeBron. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Kawhi. No, Kawhi plays. He's a two-way player. I'm talking oh, about oh. people that don't play so oh, much yeah, defensive sure. uh-huh. end, right? I mean, like, LeBron turns it on when he needs to and he wants but that's to. But that's my thing. So yeah. Jimmy Butler doesn't have an off switch. Right. It's always yeah, on. Yeah, you're right. It's always on. Right. He's always and, got a problem, too. I mean, he's not the I, and, and again, we're both in the Jimmy camp, but he's not the easiest guy to get along with. I mean, he, he wasn't he's wrong probably, about anything that he said so far. No, but just all the stuff in Minnesota and like, I, like, I get it. You know, ultimately, I'm, I'm happy for him. And I hope he, you know, I was rooting for him in the, in the finals a couple of years ago. I'll be rooting for him here, but you know, he hasn't made it easy on himself either. You know? Hey, I love everything that Jimmy's done. Um, and it's, I honestly feel like he's, he's part of the reason that cat big cat turned his game around because he called yeah. himself. He called him out. Was, there was no way, no way. She yeah. You need those guys. It, you right? totally need those guys. And, and that's what he is. He's the guy that's going to work harder than you. He's, and if you're not working on his level that hard, then you don't want it as hard as him. I don't want you there. I don't disagree necessarily with what he's done. I'm just saying he's a headache. Oh, and, I mean, yeah. For, and you, he could be um, portrayed and or viewed as a headache. I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that I don't. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, I don't mind it. Like, I, you'd want guys. I'd love for I'd him to be him. on my team. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd kill to have yeah. him on Nets. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, you know, we're uh, we're talking, you know, a lot of great talk here, but we got to move this thing along here. And I guess we'll just start with, with Jimmy Butler and the Heat. They host the Celtics. Uh, this game's Tuesday night, tonight as we're recording. Tomorrow, as you're listening, uh, you know, on ESPN, thoughts on, on the series Who's going to step up, Hayes, other than um, the aforementioned Jimmy Butler? I mean, well, first we got to see if Kyle Lowry is going to even play in the series. Yeah, man. Which is a huge miss. Like, he's a piece, a championship piece right there. He is a championship caliber player, literally has a ring, so on and so forth. So they're missing out on him. But the person that really has to, to be, I guess, Jimmy's Robin is Bam Adebayo. Right. But then you also need the six man of the year, Tyler Hero, to knock down his shots, too. Right. So it's it's in a combination of those two names. And if they get Kyle Lowry, then obviously he's the the biggest X factor in this series for the heat. Um, Because what, as I alluded to earlier, the Celtics take out your best player. They took out KD. They took out Giannis. Right. As much as you can take those guys out. Let's let's be realistic. Because you can't really they're like still they gonna, took, they're still gonna get their yeah, buckets, they're still gonna but, score, but they took yeah. KD out. Like they he was out of his game. 
Um, and I don't, so that's much. unlike anything we've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I still can't believe that. Still crazy to think. Which I think the league should be absolutely scared what he's going to do next season because that is going to be on his mind all summer yeah, long. You're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, that's what the Celtics have done up to this point. Uh, so I'm I'm interested to see if they keep that same game plan, that strategy, uh, because I know the Heat. Both of these teams, they're the two best defensive teams in my mind that remain in the playoffs it's some and they're going against each other so this is going to go seven games um if i have to choose a team um i want miami i want miami but right now i i think i said that i have the celtics coming out of the east um i don't see the celtics really losing i think it's gonna be a really really close one but with with Tatum's offense and how he's emerged at this point, uh, that's that matchup with him and Jimmy is going to be really really interesting. Um, yeah, man, I it's I've I've gone back and forth. I don't blame me at all, man. And I haven't been right all playoffs, here, so I I don't blame me here. But I mean, the Celtics are probably favored, right? And there's a lot of disrespect coming out of the. Uh, coming at the the heat here for being a number one seed and getting, you know, being so disrespected here, but the way the Celtics have played and like shut down the bucks. And I thought whoever won that Celtics bucks, I thought they were the best teams in the East. No disrespect to Miami. Mm -hmm. So like just the way the Celtics have played and Tatum leveling up and, and the coaching that Boston hasn't missed the beat, you know? And uh, I, I, Again, I've I've gone back and forth on this so many times. I love Jimmy Butler, but I think if I had gone to my head right now, I'm saying Celtics. Wouldn't be surprised if it goes seven, though. And I would not be surprised if Miami won either. I I you know what? I think I'm gonna my gut is telling me the heat, even though my eyes and everything else are telling me the Celtics. Yeah, it's hard, man. I'm gonna go with the heat. Um just because of Eric Spolster. And also Bam out of bio. Like I think Bam shows up and we get classic Bam because that's going to be huge because I'm thinking about the other people in the opposite end. Um, we'll, we'll see. We we truly will see. I don't, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go. Um, the other game, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which definitely did not, we got robbed of a, of a matchup that I thought would have been of epic proportion, but the team that beat them, the Mavs, uh, they absolutely deserve it. Uh, it's the Mavs at Warriors on Wednesday at 9 p.m. Um, the, the main question that looms here is, can the Mavs repeat what they just did against the Suns? Because nobody outside of Mavs fans expected them to do what they did. So can they do that again? Um, that's that's the real question. And are the Warriors the same team of old i honestly think and i think i said it a while ago uh that the warriors were getting back to the finals this year um and i don't see that changing the mavs did great but the difference is between the warriors and the suns the warriors have the greatest shooter of all time on their team that's steph curry they also have one of the other best shooters of all time on their team 
Clay Thompson, who is starting to get back into form. They have Draymond, who is the heart and soul of the team, the facilitator, the the uh, agitator, uh, everything under the sun. Uh, he's the guy that makes that team go. But the person that is going to be the true X factor in this is going to be Jordan Poole. It's Jordan Poole. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because what he does, he's going to be running the second unit. And if he's out there with the first unit, I mean, he's just going to add offense, more offense to this. Right. Um, so who the question is that I, I, people have been asking is who guards Luca. Okay. You're right. Nobody guards Luca. No mean, one Luka, can Luka, guard Luca. Luca's going to get his know points. Anyone on that team that could probably guard Luca. Nobody. I mean, Draymond's going to be on him for a little bit. It's going to be defense by committee is what it's really going to be. Uh, because Draymond, Wiggins? if he stays on it, he's going to literally be in foul trouble. It's probably Wiggins. He's probably got the size to do it, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not a Wiggins dude. so I'm not definitely never been. Um, but LeBron think- was right about Wiggins, <laughs> not including him in his letter. He was. He was. Um, I was wrong. He was right. I, um, I just think it's the – I think the Warriors have too much firepower, um, and I don't – with watching that Mavs uh, Sun series, the Mavs bench has been on the games they lost too inconsistent. You need your guys to show up every night against the Warriors. Um, and not saying that the Warriors don't need to show up every night against Luka, but the Warriors have been here multiple times and still have that main core there. Yes, they're getting older, but they still are balling. So I, I there's no way I'm not choosing the Warriors. It's yeah, I, I agree with you. Luke, you're just going to have to settle with Luca getting his 30 points or whatever and just see if if the you know supporting cast can can do anything here, but I'm still, you know, a believer in in Steph and there's no reason not to. I know, I mean, I know he's his numbers have been down since since, you know, the injury and then coming off the bench earlier in the playoffs, but like and Clay's I mean Clay has missed like two, three years worth of basketball. Like it's, he's still, he's still a great player and an all-time great shooter. It's just the dude's missed so much time. Let him like, he's, you're right. He's finally getting comfortable. Mm -hmm. What what does worry me is Draymond's a tech away from getting suspended. (laughs) Um, And that's, that's actual fact. I mean, he gets another tech, he's suspended for a game. So and I'm I mean Jordan Poole has not disappointed um at all. I, I'm gonna pick the Warriors here. I and again, this is coming, it's just a harder decision than I thought, especially with someone who counted the Mavs dead a week ago. Um, but that's how much I respect Luca and Jason Kidd and and Brunson and everyone that is make you know keeping this Mavericks team going. Let me um, let me put it to you this way. We just talked about Clay. The last game against the Grizz, Clay went absolutely off. If you guys did not see it, it was a vintage Clay performance. See, the difference is between Clay and James Harden is Clay wants this really, really bad. He wants to come back and prove it. So I'm not, I can't read James Harden's mind. I'm just saying by the play he, that James Clay Harden, is putting on the court. You're right. I, right? We can't put words or thoughts no, in his head, no, but like what There's I'm seeing nothing, on the court. Yeah, yes. what we're seeing on the court, you're right. Yes. So I, I make sure I'm clarifying this for those that are listening because 
I'm not going to judge. I don't know what's going on in James head. Some shit could be going on outside of it. I don't know. I'm not here to, to read into that. What I see with my eyes on the court is the only thing I can go by. Clay had 30 last game. Steph had 29. Andrew Wiggins had 18. Draymond had 14. Jordan Poole had 12. When you have that production all around from a team, it's all around game. Draymond had 15 rebounds. Andrew Wiggins had a double-double as well with 11 rebounds. When you have these things going, Clay had eight rebounds. <laughs> like this, this is that was a full team effort. When they are clicking, it, watch out. And that's what I think that that game, closing out game seven like that for Clay is going to boost him up so much for this game. So just watch out. It's going to be really, really interesting. But yeah, I have, I have the, oh, all right, I'm going to change it again. I have the Celtics against the Warriors in the finals. Um, yeah, that's, that's who I got in the finals. Who do you got, Sam? I, I'm going to say the same thing. I I hate being the guy who hedges. I and and that's the beauty of the NBA playoffs is I have no you have no idea. I mean, if you look two weeks ago, we did not expect to what happened a week later to happen. So mm-hmm. totally there with you. I think that's probably the matchup, the best matchup. And I'm gonna ask you, like, what what do you think? What finals matchup do you think the NBA wants for the ratings for TV? That, I think it's probably that, that sure. one. Yeah, just based not, on like the Boston lore, the Steph, the the Steph Curry like aura. I mean, he's he Steph Curry is to this generation of young fans what like Kobe was to us. We caught the tail end. Jordan, LeBron, Steph's that guy. He's revolutionized this game, um, and he's the best shooter that has. I don't know what you know. Best shooter ever. Course. I can't yeah. ever yeah. put laced up. So yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that Warrior Celtics. Well, it's um, easy for me when that one because yeah. I mean the Celtics are NBA royalty, and you now have a young nucleus that is now running that team, and you have a, a budding superstar. It, there's there's no way they don't want to see that going against the Warriors, the the team that has been the team, you know, of the last decade, right? Um, Breaking, you know, the the single season record, uh, the rings that they've won, having the greatest shooter ever, adding KD, losing KD, um, lose, having Clay, losing Clay, like all the the stories that have happened, like there's no way the NBA doesn't want. And then you get, and now you have like Wiseman and Kaminga. I know Wiseman's not playing, but Kaminga and uh, the other first round pick, the lottery pick that they got I'm, I'm blanking right now um but just the fat smart trades man and just positioning themselves and and even the celtics continuing to just position themselves to acquire talent they were in on they got Kyrie. i was thinking before when we were talking about the celtics like marcus smart running point man what how good how good was this team or this team could have been with Kyrie at point yep. like yep. Kyrie with his head screwed on right like and and the rest of this team like robert williams i mean the trade this is years ago now but danny ainge man to the trade i know he's not there but 
the trade to trade back and and let the Sixers have Markel Fultz and you take Tatum like man and it's just yeah. th- these are two of the smarter teams in basketball and you're you're seeing the fruits of their labor here and I mean that's the matchup I I think will happen and I want to see happen but um yeah it should be great we'll we'll definitely uh be in it next week and and see what happens here but we're gonna gonna start a new segment that brandon is calling honorable mention so here's where uh we trade a lot of memes and instagram stories and just you know espn athletic stories to each other all week long and these are some of the stories that kind of popped off as hey we should give this some love here and what's going on hayes you want to start this off yeah we'll start off with uh anything is possible himself uh jr smith uh for those that aren't aware jr smith has gone back to college uh to use it to be an athlete but obviously not basketball uh it is for golf uh and he is which they have just posted he has a 4.0 gpa uh for this semester uh and he is excelling in golf right now as well too so i think that is that is deserves a round of applause for him, uh, especially kind of how his NBA career dwindled, uh, but super, super happy uh, for, for J.R. Smith and not having the opportunity to continue to grow as athlete and grow academically as well. Um, also to say that this should be an honorable mention on there too. Steph Curry just got his degree as well. Yeah. So shout outs to, to Steph Kent. We just talked about him. Got to give him his his flowers for that as well too for for getting and, and completing that. That's that's just absolutely awesome. Yeah, man, that's that was a cool story. What kind of crazy timeline is it that like J.R. Smith goes back to college to play golf and it gets a four Like that's just so like if if some someone came to me like five years ago when he's got his shirt off celebrating in Cleveland like. <laughs> Hey man, I'm from the future. Let me tell you this: like, Jr. is going back to school, but to play golf, and he's gonna get a 4.0. Yeah, and, you know, really, no really, way, man. I'll see you later. Like, I'll see you later, yeah. man. Yeah, I'd just throw a hundred dollars on this. Like, no mm-hmm. way, man. Get lost. Nope. Uh, but yeah, man. Yeah, props to him. That is that's wild. But um, yeah, man. Uh, it just shows like anything. Certainly, anything is possible. Anything is possible for sure. Yes, yes. Uh, my honorable mention has to be, I guess the first one is the, the uh, New York Rangers advancing in the uh, NHL Eastern Conference playoffs, uh, beating the Penguins in overtime, coming back from 3-1 and uh, just a hell of a goal in overtime by uh, Artemi Panarin and uh, the Garden. I wish I was there, man. <laughs> MSG was electric yep, it was you had everyone was in the house my quarterback zach wilson you know every, everyone that was anyone was in that was in the garden on sunday night sunday was just a hell of a game for sports man um those two game sevens the celtics winning and the and the mavs winning and this uh great game and the the flames calgary flames beat the uh the stars as well in a great game seven too but Man, MSG was electric. I we don't talk hockey really in this uh podcast, but we both are Ranger fans. 
And I've been saying for a while, I love the core of this Ranger team. Um, they're young. They want it. They have scores. They have the guys that will do the dirty work. And they have great coaching now. And I really, you know, I, I feel good about them facing the Hurricanes. I, I definitely feel good there. So props to the Rangers. I can't wait to uh, see. And I will definitely try to make it to the Garden uh, this this season. If they uh, make it to the next round, would be the Eastern Conference Finals. If they make it to the next round, I'm going. There's yeah, let's go, I, man. My I'm down. First ever hockey game. So I've only be been to a handful. Way. I'm there. I'm there. Let's go. Okay. Good. Um, Pat Beverly has been on ESPN this whole this whole week thus far, and I'm saying that as if it's already Friday. Uh, I wish it was. It was but, on last um, week too. I mean, I mean, it's almost. But um. He's been on there, and he's been on there to be an analyst for, of course, basketball, the sport that he plays, still currently on the Timberwolves roster. So he has to watch what he says about potential players coming to his team. But he had some very interesting comments about CP3, um, basically saying that being that he was uh, in charge of the NBA, uh, uh, what was it, the NBA uh Players Association. Didn't think of it. I had I had PA in my head. I was like, why can't I just say this? Um, PA works. <laughs> yes, I mean it. It does. Um, it, it, talking about how he gets certain calls and how he had the key to Ferrari, and yeah, of course you would get uh, all these accolades if you were just basically going through this and yada yada yada, and and that he's not. Nobody's afraid of Chris Paul. Nobody goes to sleep for him. But when he faces Steph Curry. Uh, and the Warriors, he goes to sleep at eight o'clock because he's got to get ready. And prepare. That was funny. That was All a this, funny it, it was. It's very been very entertaining uh, listening to him talk and how he, and what his demeanor is because this is who he is twenty four seven three sixty five. He even mentioned uh, basically he he said I'm not going to mention and then mentioned Paul George's name, um, which which he shouldn't have done at all. And I'm sure Paul George probably texted him like, yo, bro, why no. the hell did you say that? As a journalism major, man. You don't no. do that. Yeah. yeah. You don't Can't give your do sources it. up. And, yeah. and that's that's now Paul George has to see them next year. Right? We're yeah. not on the same team. I got to see Chris He's Paul got next a, year. You got a lot of dudes that are going to be a little angry. Like, who is this dude? I mean, the one thing about Patrick Beverly, and he's certainly been entertaining. I know people at ESPN. I know they've really enjoyed and they no reason that they wouldn't enjoy the uh the, the attention antics. and the antics wow, yeah. that they've been getting he's been great on tv mm -hmm. him and jj have been just i mean well, jj on his own have been i mean he's been holding Stephen a mad dog anyone in between accountable for what they're saying mm -hmm. um and jj has been great on tv too but it's been a lot of fun to watch these guys the last couple of days but this is why active players don't come on TV in the offseason and run their mouths. Well, also, a lot of active players aren't like Patrick Beverly. I want to make that sure. very, very he's clear. genuine, dude. Like, he's, that's who he is. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He says what he says. He means what he says. And he doesn't care what you think when he says what he says. So that's he's just that person. Like, there's athletes that come on there that are in season are still playing that will come up there and they won't say too much they want to they don't want to hurt there's even retired players that don't want to hurt people's feelings course, they got friends course. in this league 
I mean, look I at Amari. It. Amari yeah. was on there last week. He literally was just with the Nets with all this going on, and he gave he gave the bare minimum. He gave just enough for you to be like, oh, oh, oh my God, like, yeah. But he gave just enough because of his relationships that he has over there. He couldn't give too much, and he's not even on the team anymore. He's not even coaching on the team anymore, right? But this has woken up Dame Lillard, and Dame Lillard has the time for Pat Bev. Uh, basically saying, you know, dudes up here talking all this stuff, dropping names, uh, calling people out of their face, like basically saying, like, who is this guy? Like we he knows, obviously, who Pat Bev is, but he he's not losing sleep over him is basically what Dame Lillard is saying. Like, nobody's losing sleep over you either, bro. Like, that's a bear. You, you don't want to wake up. Either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's yeah, that's that's not something he's going to Pat Bev is not going to back down. And I respect that. But your Dame Lillard is way above you my friend um he even went and doubled down again today dame lillard and somebody put the stats of of what pat bev averages in the playoffs and he said nobody nobody's garden bro (laughs) (laughs) pretty much nobody considers him a offensive threat so they leave him alone and he gets whatever points he he averages because nobody cares about him offensively so i think this has been extremely entertaining but What's going to be even more entertaining is when he has to see these people next season. He's going to have to see his buddy, uh, which you call PG, unless they talk about it and they can be like, yo, dude, like you shouldn't have said that, right? But PG has to see Chris Paul after what was said. Pat Bev is going to have to see Chris Paul. And he's also going to have to see Dame Lillard, right? So it's just going to be interesting in itself but he was championing the hell out of james harden that, so far his past that's like days. the most erroneous things that he said this week have come about james harden oh yeah like, you should get super max you should yeah get like max look i love cp3 i wish it all worked out better for him he deserves at least a ring mm-hmm. but you agreed. need to actually play for the ring i get it agreed um but the the stuff about James Harden and getting the Supermax, I know he's your boy. He's clearly your one of your close friends. Yeah, at one point he said that they're the same person, which I completely like is Stephen A called him out. I completely was like, what? No, like you yeah. actually care yeah. about basketball. Again, don't want to put thoughts or words in James Harden's mouth, but the perception is Pat Beverly cares a whole lot more about what he's doing yeah. than you. And he makes and James makes a lot more money than Pat Beverly has ever made. So uh, but the the whole like Harden getting the Supermax thing, like unapologetically, I know he's your boy. If it was you, Brandon, and I was just like, yeah, he deserves it. He deserves it. It's not. Unfortunately, it's not about what you've done. It's yep. about what you can do yep. or will do for your franchise. And I and we've already talked about this, but I can't see like Daryl's probably going to pick up that option and give him money, but you're just completely like handcuffing your franchise. If you Mm -hmm. do this, like they're going to have to get rid of Tobias, which is fine. um, But it really limits what they can do when a guy of his caliber now is making $50 million a year. Well, (laughs) I, I, I get, I get standing up for your friend. And yeah, you totally. stand up for your friend. You can if they were if they were slandering James Harden. None of them did. They just said he he doesn't deserve the super max. And I don't think that's sl- they said he should get paid. They said he should get paid 
you know, a good amount, like three yeah. and real, whatever. Um, they said he should get paid more than than Chris Paul. Um, we'll see, right? But they definitely said he shouldn't get a super max, and they were like, it, it, it got heated several times, which was very interesting because Pat Bev says what he says, and he means what he says, like I said before. He's got but a stone he, face, he, on, yeah, he has man. stone like, face, and he questions everybody else about what they said and wants them to be clear and concise of what they're saying, and. It's just like, like, bro, you're just over here championing your people and saying your opinion, and that's like the end all be all. That's not how it works. But okay, my guy. Props to props to him. He's got the balls to do it though. Well, he doesn't care. That's why he doesn't care. This is also the guy that trains in the off season on a beach in Timberlands to get his lateral drills because it's going to weigh him down in the sand even more, so he can build up his lateral quickness. That is the true thing. Look it up. That's wild. You <laughs> yeah. can't do anything in Tim's. So uh, like, well, yeah. Well, except stomp someone out. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good old New York thing. Um, yeah. What's what's your next on your honorable mentions, man? Shout out to uh, Shohei Otani. Last week, he became the first player since Babe Ruth and the only player since uh, him and Babe to have 100 home runs in their career and to strike out 250 players, uh, people. 250 strikeouts like wild dude um you'd figure there'd be more guys that like pitched and hit in the dead ball era like when baby i don't know too much about the 20s and whatnot of of baseball other than what the yankees did you know Mm -hmm. lou gehrig and all that murderers row but like wow man like congrats like i'm over the hype of shohei otani i think what he's doing though is absolutely like incredible yeah. incredible if he keeps um, this up he's gonna be a hall of famer oh sure. yeah totally just the, sure. the fact that like used to think like hitters that like or pitchers that hit well they that you know they were a die you know uh like a dying breed like you got the grankies or the mad bums or like i think the grom hit pretty well but they were hitting what like under 200 mm-hmm. here's a guy who won an mvp if you took the pitching away Still, Last year, he still. still would have been the MVP yeah. and he would have beat a really good Vlad Guerrero. Mm-hmm. So uh, at for the MVP. So like shouts to him and my favorite player from the jump has been Mike Trout. Um, and I really hope that the two of them and the Angels can continue to do something. They've been impressive pitching wise. But to get Mike Trout into the freaking playoffs, yeah, like I think it's a tall order for the Angels to win the World Series. Clip it if it's if I'm wrong here, but like, um, you know, they definitely have two of the most dynamic players in baseball. For sure, and, uh, for sure, definitely deserve to be there. Yeah, shout out to Shohei, um, the cover athlete of the show, uh, which I've been getting my ass struck out in way too much. Um, Bismack Biombo. Why am I talking about Bismack Biombo, right? Um, the reason why I'm talking about him is he needs to be uh, put on a pedestal, shouted from the rooftop for what a stand-up guy that he is, uh, even through his trials and tribulations. So I didn't know that he stepped away uh, from the league for a couple of years. Again, Bismack Biombo is not some name that I'm just – looking out for and doesn't stand out amongst the the stars that we've already mentioned in the league. Uh, but he he's rightfully a star in my mind for this. So he stepped away from the game for a couple of years to return to Africa. 
to take care of his father who had COVID. Uh, he flew to Europe for a treatment, flew his father to Europe for a treatment, uh, but his father ended up uh, passing. So rest in power to his father. Uh, he was unable to return to the game. Uh, he took a year off, still did not have uh, the will to, to come back, uh, but eventually did come back this year and ultimately is donating his entire son's salary to build the hospital back in Africa in his dad's name. So this man deserves a round of applause. I'll give him for real, like he deserves that for sure. Um, that is taking something that affects you so much, losing a parent, and I'm fortunate uh, we both are to have both of our parents still walking on this earth, but we know plenty of people that do not, right? And to only see the pain and anguish that they've gone through and continue to, in some some aspects and perspectives, uh, to take this and then turn it around and make it and do something so beautiful like this to give back uh, in the name and name it after your father and his name, uh, that's just a beautiful thing. So again, Shout out to you, Bismack Biombo. Uh, I truly, truly, truly commend you. Yeah, man, you shared that story with me uh, earlier in the week, and it was like that was it was a really powerful thing to see. I had no idea he was even out of the league. Yeah, I did let, um, And he's a guy who's you know made a lot of money in this league, and to see like him putting you know just in his in his dad's name, like, it was a really powerful thing. Sure. Um, and it just shows to a lot of players they play this game to uh you know support their families and give their 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 the future family you know their family a, a life that you know that they deserve and and they're all you know able to give so like it was a really cool thing to see that and um also my fantasy basketball name for the last two years have been bed bath and biombo so shout outs there just to, you see you're laughing i got so many it's a great name for that i'm just gonna leave it alone, leave it alone. Mm-hmm. last uh, honorable mention for me really quick is the future first ballot hall of famer albert pujols uh in a blowout game the other day uh got to pitch ninth inning uh he gave up like four runs he got whipped uh but it was really cool to see uh him just pitch uh again you don't see too many uh too many guys of his stature willing to go out there i think the whole hitters pitching thing in a blowout game is kind of like whatever like just because your team's giving up doesn't mean i should give up but like uh evan lagoria got a hit off of him and then he was, he was dying this? laughing yeah he was dying, and he, he called for the ball like give me the ball i want this ball <laughs> Like that, that made me like erupt in laughter. It was so funny. But that's but like, that's great because I yeah. mean, they're getting their asses whooped and they still had the cap- the ability to be like, you know, this is, we're losing. Let's just have fun while we are. Like that's, to me, that means everything because when we play sports as a kid, we play to have fun, right? Yeah. And as you get older, you start to lose the passion or not passion, you lose that that fun aspect to it, right? Like well, it becomes it, yeah, a job. It becomes a means, as I just mentioned, correct. to support your family, you mm-hmm. know, like these guys look at it differently, but you know, it's still, it's humbling to see like 
yo, we play game for a living Mm -hmm. and we've been fortunate enough to like be able to support generations of our family with it, you know? Um, But yeah, that was a really cool thing to see. Uh, This podcast is going long. I'm not, I'm unapologetic about it, but let's get into, do you care really quickly? Um, Hey, Drew Brees, there's been speculation that my boy Drew Brees has uh, is not returning to NBC Sports as an NFL analyst because blatantly he's and again, my favorite football player of all time. And he's been since he was at Purdue, like um, and Brennan will attest to this, but like uh, he basically was not good on TV and it's a tall order. I mean, we talk about Pat Beverly not wanting to hurt or doesn't care about hurting people's feelings. Like Drew was, was rather um, guarded um, on the air and was not willing to, you know, be as honest as he could, in my opinion. Um, And you see it come a little natural, more natural to people like Tony Romo and uh, Troy Aikman and whatnot, but uh, speculation in a tweet that he had over the weekend that, uh, despite the speculation about my career in the media, basically he's saying I could continue to work for NBC. I could play football. I'm paragra- uh, paraphrasing here. I could focus on business and philanthropy. I may train for pickleball. And he goes on. Uh, but the, you know, of course, what the media takes and runs with is I may play football again. Do you care if Drew Brees plays football again? Yes, I do. Because he's taking somebody's roster spot. Stay retired. Your arm strength is not what it used to I be. I agree with you, man. I t- and just... again, I I championed Drew Brees uh mm-hmm. for for most of the things that he's done on the field. Uh, you know, we can I won't get into the other stuff, but like yeah, um I think I think he kind of just threw it out there as like I could do anything. Um, but I, I really don't think he should or will come back to football. Like you remember, yeah. like in the last playoff game he played, they had to sub in Jameis so they could throw the ball 20 yards down the field. Yeah, like, Jameis threw a bomb. A bomb. And that was the only bomb of the whole yeah. game for yeah. New Orleans. So and that's you can't throw it, you can't throw it more than 20 yards. Like that's what they're trying to say about Jalen Hurts right now. And Jalen Hurts is 20 something years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's Drew Brees, he can't do that. And he is First off, when you're a guy that's not that tall anyway, you need to have all the tools possible. That's why he was so great is he had pinpoint accuracy. He was able to look you off. He was able to get the ball down the field with no problem. He's able to to do all the great things that he's able to do. Now, not saying that he still doesn't have a great football mind. He does, right? But his body is not where his football mind is. And once that happens, time to hang it up, right? That's why Tom is such a anomaly here is where he was drafted to the career that he had and still to the point that he's he's playing but again tom just like lebron are one of the two athletes that we keep hearing about that keep investing millions of dollars back into their body to continue to play because they want to continue to play right drew Brees has other adventures i'm sure with the whole family like he loves his family so i think and right, so it's like I'm <laughs> I'm saying that because we don't know if Tom does. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, it, just just stay retired and and stay retired for a little bit. Maybe stay on NBC Sports. Maybe do college games first. 
learn how to really get your broadcast legs under you and then move yourself back up to, to there. Or take a couple of years off, get your mind right, practice, do all that stuff, come back and do that or whatever it is that you want to do. You're a multimillionaire. You can do a lot of things in this world. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really care. I, I mean, I, care. I don't care either, man. Come, I don't man. think it's going to happen. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's saying a lot, especially if you know how big of a fan of the guy I am. Um, yes. Yeah, talking about Tom, though, Tom, Tom, though, the goat. I'm like, I cannot speak today. Uh, words are hard. Words are hard. The lang- English language is hard. Uh, Netflix announced today that the seven time Super Bowl champ, Tom Brady, will uh, be featured in an upcoming series called Greatest Roasts of All Time. Uh, Brady is going to be the EP of the series, and it's going to tape sometime next year. Will you watch? Uh, (laughs) If I'm inebriated and that's the last thing that I can do because there's nothing else to do in the world, yeah, probably. I'm sure I would never just watch that on my own. But yeah. My, my lady would have to put this on and be like, you know, I saw this and heard things about it. And that's probably the only way I would really watch it. That's of usually that. how I watch most of the stuff on Netflix is yeah. like my wife is like, hey, I heard this is really good. Like, OK, let's put it on. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't care. at all. I don't care either, but I think it'll be interesting. I mean, Tom's got a great sense of humor. If, and uh, this is coming from a Jets fan who's just hated him for 20 years, but I do certainly respect him and his mm-hmm. legacy. Um, he's got a great sense of humor and he's willing to make fun of himself. And I think you pair that with being honest, mm-hmm. I think would make him a great, and we talked about this last week, would make him a great broadcaster analyst if he decides to, you know, be honest. You don't have to yeah. go at guys the way Pat Bev is, but like, just be honest about the situation that you're seeing. And I think it'd be interesting to see like how that comes about. And it's a, it's a cool concept by Netflix. So I'll definitely watch, um, but you know, good for Netflix, good for Tom Brady, who just continues to get money over money money. and deals over deals. Yeah. Great. Speaking of money, Tiger Woods is is set to play in the uh, take part in the PGA championship. Uh, which begins on Thursday, but he's going to be paired with uh, Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy for the first two rounds. Uh, they're going to tee off at a little after nine o'clock on Thursday. Do you care? I do because those are his two proteges. Um, Jordan Spieth is very close to Tiger Woods, which for average uh, golfers or golf watchers are fans of golf. Um, Both watchers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try to find the right thing. That was the first thing that came out of my mouth. Um, yeah, he's he's very, very close to, to Tiger. Um, Rory is close to Tiger as well. Um, but these are both two people uh, that he's essentially taken under his wing to, to get to the next level. So it'd be really, really cool to see them paired with him. And I know he'll feel comfortable with those young guys. But I mean, I I always am gonna care when Tiger is in. Do you care? Because it's Tiger Woods. That's that's that is basically gonna be my answer every time he's in. Do you care? I always care about Tiger. So yeah. I agree. I'll totally yeah. be watching uh, on Friday. They're they're up a little after two thirty. Um, but yeah, Rory was really deemed as like 
the next wave after Tiger mm-hmm. and Spieth after that. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're two of my favorite golfers aside from Tiger. So that's really neat to see the three of them yeah, all sure. paired together. Like that's going to be really fun. So I definitely care there. Um, definitely support Tiger there. And last but not least, the NBA draft lottery is tonight, Tuesday. The Rockets, Ma- uh, Magic, and Pistons have the best odds. Do you care? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, this is my one of my favorite times. Like, Sam, you guys haven't listened to any of these podcasts in the past, what, was it two years now that we are on this? Almost two years? A year and a half, yeah. Yeah, so we've done two NFL drafts. Uh, on this podcast history already and if you haven't heard sam geek out about that and how we both geek out about it right i geek about geek out about the nba draft because i watch a lot of these young kids in in college and watch what they're doing in high school so to see them do this and see where they're potentially going to go like this just makes me extremely extremely um excited i want to see where where possibly chet uh holgren lands um a Banchero, uh, you know, I, I want to see where these these type of people land in this. So yeah, that is going to be uh, pretty pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Who knows who's going to get what? The draft is or the lottery has been weird. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans got <laughs> somehow some way uh, a top three pick uh, again. PTSD uh, as a Knicks yeah, fan, just, man. Just, just going to happen. I'm just it's just the reality. But yeah, I think it's going to be. Uh, pretty interesting to see uh what's going to come about of this because i want to see where the future is going to land so yeah yeah, man i'm a big fan of the nba draft um one of my favorite times of the year uh so definitely be locked in at eight o'clock before uh the Celts and uh heat tip off uh adam schefter of all people tweeted this out earlier that since landing patrick ewing in 1985 the knicks have gone 17 straight lotteries without improving their draft position seven times they fell back and 10 times they stayed put they're picking they're slotted to pick 11th if you go to tankathon.com which is like one of my favorite websites to just kind of see how your team is faring with with draft odds and whatnot i i use it a lot for like the uh notes that we put together during draft seasons uh it it doesn't have the Knicks moving anywhere, but by the grace of God, if that if that ping pong ball just lands in the top three, I would totally be happy. Still a little upset about not getting John Morant, but I'm over it. I like RJ. As, RJ as, you should. as you should. I mean, I I'll say my opinion on Zion for another time. But yes, I would be very upset if I had a chance to get uh John Morant, as I'm still upset that you know the Nets could have had Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, so on and so forth, because you know there's a certain guy by the name of Billy King that traded away all those lovely picks, and the Celtics just had first round after first rounder after first rounder. So thanks, Billy King, wherever the hell you are. Kind of should look that up one day and see where he is right now. Billy Um, King, yeah, yeah. I I love seeing Bobby Marks on ESPN like. Dude, you were part of that front office. Yep. Like, yep. I don't care what you have to say. That yep. was the worst every time I see him. History. Every time I see him, just like, just please don't show him. Just please, please don't show him. Um, real quick, Hayes, what are you looking forward to this week? Uh, NBA basketball. Uh, hell yeah. The the conference finals. Super looking forward to that. Super looking forward to the Rangers. 
um, as they also start playing tonight as well, too. Um, well, when you guys hear this, it'll be the day after. Um, UFC, um, not a huge card, but Holly is going to be fighting. Uh, Holly Holmes, who's bad, badass chick. Um, yeah, uh, listening to that Kendrick album again for like, not again. Know, I'm almost on eight listens now. Um, and then also uh, watching the Yankees continue to improve and be something that I don't think either one of us saw them being like this this year uh, as they keep running through teams like that. So, yeah. How about yourself? Same. I, I definitely co-signed to everything you just said. Um, did not expect. I thought this Yankee team would be better, and I liked the moves that they made. Uh, getting rid of Sanchez and, and Gio especially, but I did not think the pitching would be this good. <laughs> and Judge, I did not think Judge would be this good. I thought he should have taken the money at the time. And now I'm like, dude, ball out and then get your money. Um, so I, I'm there right there uh, with that. And of course, NBA basketball, and I'll just kind of take it from there. But we've taken enough of your time. So thanks so much for listening to the chasing points podcast episode 57 uh however you listen to us thank you so much whether it's spotify leave us a five-star rate rating or a five-star review on apple podcast and check out chasingpoints.com uh chasingpointspodcast.com so for brandon my name is sam thanks so much for listening until next week peace i'm gonna leave you guys with this and it all makes sense to me now Billy King went to Duke. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs>